Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I have the pleasure of having on the MBA Insider Podcast, Betty Tran, who is an MBA candidate at the Dartmouth-Tuck School of Business in the class of 2024. I'm excited today to talk to Betty to hear more about her professional journey, why she chose to get an MBA, why she chose Tuck, and how she's thinking about how her MBA is helping her advance and grow in her career. First and foremost, Betty, thank you so much for being here. I am excited to get to chat with you, to talk to you, to dig in into a little bit more about your journey and your story. But to kick us off and to start this conversation, as guests know, I always love starting with a warm-up question. So my question for you is, what was your first job and what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, my first off, thanks so much for having me here. So excited. I'm such a big fan of your work. My first job was as a government contractor, as a community outreach and engagement specialist. So this was working for the city of Philadelphia's workforce development agency and doing communications and outreach for them. So it was social sector government type work. And I think it's very interdisciplinary. So you get exposed to a lot at once. The Workforce Development Agency works with public and private employers, and there's government, and then there's different types of funding. So I think it's a little bit, a little, it could be a little chaotic when you see everything behind the scenes, but also a lot of fun. So Betty, now that we've gotten to know you a little bit better, could you talk a little bit about your career after graduating college and before entering business school at Tuck? Sure. So immediately before business school, I was working in partnerships, business development, sales at a small um, Y Combinator startup called Jopwell. And they offer diversity recruitment software to help um, SMB and also enterprise companies recruit Black, Latinx, Native American talent. And I spent the first couple of years of my career in diversity recruitment. I had grown up in a Black and Latinx neighborhood in one of America's poorest neighborhoods in the Bay Area, about an hour outside of Silicon Valley. And growing up, I became acutely aware that my peers and I did not have access to a lot of opportunities that other folks who may be an hour or so away from us had. And and I would say I'm very social justice minded and became very motivated to help open doors for my peers and myself and future generations of people to opportunities that we didn't have. And then that inspired me to pursue a career in diversity recruitment And then in the last year or two, I was a recruiter. I noticed that there was not necessarily as much innovation happening in the recruitment work that I thought was possible. And I was the person in my organization who was working with a lot of the tech companies. It was like Instagram. It was Facebook at the time. It was LinkedIn on advertising and recruitment, uh, the, the different technologies for recruiting people. 
And I thought, how can I help scale, accelerate, and make a greater impact in recruitment via the technology using a data-driven approach? So instead of hiring dozens of people, help other organizations hire thousands of people potentially. So that sounded like a nice first way to start off your career. What were you doing prior to getting an MBA from Tuck? And when did you decide at that point that you wanted to get an MBA? I think for me, being a first generation, being from a first generation low income background, I didn't have a lot of exposure to technology or business before. So I think through working in nonprofit as a recruiter, slowly got exposure to technology and what its impact could be. And then, so I had left my job in nonprofit actually with no plan and no job. I was, this was December, 2020. So this was during a couple months into the pandemic. And I think I was inspired by going to make a big change in my career. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, why not? <laughs> so then I did the same thing too. I put in my two weeks notice. I, I think I knew I wanted a little bit of a mental health break time for myself after going from one job to another for a couple of years. And then took some time to have coffee chats and network, explore opportunities online. When I came across the opportunity for the specific company job I ended up at, I remember coming across it thinking, oh, this is so perfect, but they would never reach back out to me, but I'll apply anyways. <laughs> so then I did that. And I think that, I think the day when I submitted my application, my resume to the time that I got hired, the whole time from that was about two weeks from the time I like submitted to the time I got the offer. So they were pretty quick. Um, and I think the excitement was mutual. Um, so that was how I pivoted into tech and business through that opportunity. And I started off in an entry-level sales role as a business development representative there. And then doing the work, I was promoted to be an account manager. I worked with a lot of interesting company there, companies there, including CVS Health, Deloitte American Express on their diversity recruitment. And it made me interested in the resources, the opportunities that a lot of these really big companies have to leverage change via their work. And then I think professionally, I realized that because I was a liberal arts major in college, I had done a double major in American studies and ethnicity and Spanish, that there was a lot of skills that I was interested in obtaining and leveraging in my future work that I had not yet. And then for me, that's when the idea of an MBA became more attractive. And after chatting with a lot of folks, it seemed like the, the right sort of pivot opportunity into the next stage of my life and career. That's a great, that's a great summary. And why in particular was Tuck the right school for you? There's a lot of great MBA programs that are out there, but what were maybe two reasons that you decided to choose to go to Tuck? Yeah, um, I was first introduced to Tux. I would say one of them was because of a personal connection. So my sister's friend from college was at Tuck when I started exploring business schools and I went to a diversity conference there offered by Tuck and I stayed with my sister's friend and she had also come from a nonprofit background and pivoted into corporate roles via the MBA. So it made me realize that it was possible for women and people of color from non-traditional professional backgrounds to pursue an MBA at this type of school. So that was one factor. And then the second factor 
I would say the really immersive experience of being in rural New Hampshire. I had gone to college in LA at USC and it was just so big. And some of your classes, you have 200 plus people. And then I think for me, I knew I wanted a different experience for my MBA. And I think after working a little bit, I had a better sense of, I really wanted to connect with people individually. I wanted to make friends. I wanted to be able to really sit down with professors that would have time for me because they didn't have too many students and make a lot of organic connections. So I I think that's what I found. I think those are some really good reasons. And I, as listeners know, I went to a a smaller MBA program uh, myself and I found a lot of value and and a lot of, a lot of resonance in terms of, as you mentioned, being able to build those quality connections and build relationships uh, with people in a particularly meaningful way. So I think that makes sense. So from a career perspective, you had mentioned you had worked in tech prior to coming into business school, particularly in the uh, recruiting and diversity, equity, and inclusion space. As you thought about your career trajectory, what did you think about in terms of what you wanted to pursue or recruit for as a first year MBA? And what did you end up deciding from like an industry or role perspective of what you wanted to do for your summer uh, recruit for, for your summer internship? Yeah, I think, let's see, in terms of what I was planning to recruit for, I think when I started school, I was most interested in big tech, having come from a tech startup. And I think the economy and the hiring landscape was a little bit different back then. I think in the late fall, winter, a lot of tech companies started having a lot of changes, restructuring, et cetera. So last summer, my mindset was wide. I shouldn't say wide open. I was looking at big tech. At the same time, I think knowing what I know now, I would have spent more time exploring other industries also. I think because I was, maybe I felt secure attaching myself to an industry that I was most recently in because I had been a nonprofit for so long and making myself like the a tech person. I think I really identified with that and maybe over-identified with that. So I explored only tech, only big tech. While there were a lot of companies that offered the training, the opportunities, the professional development, et cetera, that I was looking for, I was really zeroed in on one industry and at that time had only applied for opportunities in tech. I had done early recruiting via the consortium, which is a really great organization to support diverse folks to and through and beyond MBA programs, specifically Black, Latinx, and Native American professionals and allies. So I think I had a lot of support through the consortium, both my school chapter and the community nationally. Folks were really helpful around recruitment. And what did I end up pursuing? I pursued an account executive sales internship role at Microsoft at the headquarters in Redmond over the summer under U.S. Health and Life Sciences. So our clients were hospital, some of the biggest hospital systems in America. So it was really cool to get a lot of that direct exposure to how these companies are engaging with hospital systems during a time when when it's an interesting time at the company with a lot of generative AI 
offerings really being advanced um, and implemented. Um, and then in the next step of my career, as, as we talked about a little bit before, I'm further exploring what I want to do and how. And I think for me, because I think over the summer, I realized that because I had been in recruitment and nonprofit and then in um, partnership sales and tech, that there's actually a ton of functional experience I have not been exposed to. There's, I just feel like there's a lot I haven't seen. There's a lot of folks I haven't spoken to yet. So I am going into my second year. I feel like a lot sort of freeing myself up to genuinely explore and not feel like I'm holding back to try to fit in a box, which in retrospect, I feel like I did before. Hey there, it's Al. And thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show and I hope you're enjoying it too. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts or simply share it on social media, or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. So outside of recruiting, there are plenty of other opportunities to get involved and engaged and to make the most of your MBA experience. What were perhaps maybe some of the fun parts of your time in business school so far, and then maybe perhaps some of the more challenging parts of your time in business school so far? Yeah, the fun parts... I think it was really fun making a lot of female friends that have similar, that are in similar places in their lives with similar career goals, even if we're all doing different things. But I think the, like the friendship, the camaraderie of that, you're never alone in a place like Tuck, I think is really special and beautiful. And that's something I love about the community. I found that since the community also through our low-income first-generation at Tuck Student Club, where I've had the unique opportunity to connect with current students, but also a ton of prospective students that have reached out saying, I haven't felt comfortable talking with current MBA students about who I am and my background and maybe how that how I can figure out which school like aligns with my needs and my wants to both advance my career in XYZ way, but also make this impact in society to open doors for more people, our background, things like that. So I think the need for more spaces for first-year low-income people is, is urgent and growing. Um, and I think there's a couple of, I've heard from friends, a couple of schools kicking off their first-year low-income clubs this year, which is super exciting to me. And what was more challenging first year? I think, let's see, I think for me, coming from a liberal arts academic background, I think the classes were pretty challenging for me. So this is something that I like to be open about because Tuck has really incredible academic resources. They offer free tutoring from second year students who were super successful in the classes. We were on a quarter system and I started take advantage of tutoring the second quarter. And for me, the first quarter, I was so intimidated. I was trying to do it all myself. And while I did fine in all of the classes, when the second quarter came around and I had built more trust with the community and the people around me, I feel like I made myself more vulnerable to, to take advantage of those and found that the folks that I thought would be really intimidating were like really nice and empathetic and super helpful and kind. So I think since then I've been 
one, encouraging other folks to seek help when they need it. And two, for myself to continuously be more open-minded. I think those are some great learnings and some great takeaways from both the fun parts and the more challenging parts. And yeah, I think to your point, sometimes people don't talk as much about as how sometimes some of the classes or different types of classes can be challenging. But the point to the point you made, I think the opportunity in that is that there are a lot of resources at your disposal. You just have to know where to ask and have the willingness to want to ask for help. I think the one thing that everyone has in common at that school is that in business school is that um, everyone wins when you succeed. And so there are people, there are resources there that are there to help you. So I know you've been in business school for now for a year, but you can learn a lot in a year and you can learn and gain a lot in a year and you can transform a lot in just a short year. I'm just curious as you reflect back to when you entered Tuck to where you are today, how have you thought about how you have maybe evolved or how you have maybe grown even in just the year that you've been in business school so far? Hmm. Yeah, I think I've grown and evolved in a lot of ways and in other ways I'm also proud of the ways that I feel like I could be myself in this environment. So I think for prospective MBA students for Tuck has the in the first years just started classes a week or two ago. So I have some new mentees and something I really encourage folks to think about is being yourself and what that looks like in in a business school context, in a professional context, etc. The ways that I've grown, I think I've I think I've learned that no matter what experiences or preparation or lack of preparation I've had, that I don't need to be afraid of pursuing anything that I want to. So an example is even in class, I think some of my classes that I found most rigorous, like capital markets, I came in thinking that I would never speak up in class and was afraid of getting answers wrong. And then Leveraging different academic resources. The second half of the class, I was like constantly raising my hand. I was helping others in the class. So I think folks from untraditional backgrounds have so much to contribute in an MBA community. So I think that's what I've grown comfortable to understand. I think I, I like that juxtaposition, if you will, of the things in which you have grown in and the things that have remained steadfast. And I think to your point, the beauty of being in a class like what you have at Tuck is that everyone does bring something unique to the table. And how do you find ways to bring those parts to you and to show, have them show up into what you're doing while also being open to all the learning that you can have and all the opportunities where you can learn from others or learn from your classes or learn from all the other things and just being able to manage that in a way that helps you move in the direction that you want to move in. And speaking of the direction that you want to move in, I think one of the things that is unique about business school is that it's one of, for many people, the first times in their life where they are consistently thinking about their career. And I think in your first year, a lot of times that revolves around the classes that you take, as well as just being in the cycle for recruiting and networking and looking at companies, learning if you're a career switching, certainly getting more insights and learnings about new industries or roles or functions that you're in. And then certainly in your second year, as you think more about your career in the context of what is that thing that you're going to do after you walk across the stage and graduate. But perhaps maybe from a more philosophical or strategic question, I'd just be curious to know from you, what do you think about in terms of how you might 
define for yourself what career success means, particularly knowing that you've probably spent a lot of time thinking about your career over the past 18 months? Absolutely. I think this summer in particular, I've had a chance to really reflect on and think through how do I define success for myself? And I think that's important for everyone considering an MBA or in an MBA program, because I think it's important to find our own voice and not let anyone else define what success looks like for us. I think for me, a success is about doing work that is meaningful. It's about doing work that is impactful, doing work that is intellectually stimulating and has the right balance of leveraging what you're good at and maybe learning some new things along the way and staying interesting and fun. And I think most importantly, working with good people. I think as I spent a lot of my career recruitment, I think the common thread of a career is uh, being surrounded by people that you want to spend time with, hopefully, and um, who will support you in whatever you choose to do with your career or your life. Um, and then the last part I would say for a successful career, I think, is how does the career balance out with the rest of your life? And I think um, it's important for me to be with people who have passions outside of their work as well. and. Um, and have things that are fulfilling and interesting and inspiring to them outside of their work and that they're not looking for everything that they want in life from their job because they're not going to find it there. Yeah. Yeah. So Betty, this has been such a fun conversation and having you share your experience and your reflections from your time in business school at Tuck. There's a lot of folks who listen to this podcast who are early in their career or perhaps at a point where an MBA might be the next step for them to take to continue advancing and growing their career. What advice might you have for someone who is really thinking about their career and thinks an MBA could be the next step, but wants to know if it's right for them? What kind of advice would you have for them about how they can either figure that out or take the next step in their journey? Yeah, I think it's good for folks to persist forward, no matter what the challenges are. And to and that it's okay if you don't know what you want to do next. I think a lot of us are in that boat. I advise a lot of folks who are at that stage to just candidly let people know, oh, I'm exploring MBA programs or I'm exploring XYZ type of job role. And I'm I'm just beginning to talk with folks to learn more about their experience and if this is for me. But it's totally okay if you have not read through every school website and you don't have a short and long-term for your application yet and all that. You don't have to have it figured out. And I think the never giving up part is really important. So when I, a couple of years, I think it was like three years before I actually applied for business school, I had applied for the Forte MBA launch, which is a women's pre-MBA program. And back then I was in nonprofit. I did not have clear career goals. Um, I applied for the pre-MBA program and they had waitlisted me and I never got in. And I remember feeling super discouraged and disappointed and reconsidered if an MBA was for me. But I think a lot of what business school is about persistence and overcoming challenges and bettering yourself. And then for me, I got more work experience, pivoted into tech, reapplied three years later, 
got in, ended up at Tuck. So it, it worked out, but I encourage folks, no matter what sort of rejection that you get to continue forward. I love that story. And thank you for sharing that. Betty, it's been so great chatting with you and learning more about your journey, your time at Tuck and what you're thinking about for what's ahead. Thanks so much for coming on the NBA Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the NBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.